0: Tampa Bay Rays, you're listening to Ozzy on the Ozzy Radio Network. Hi, it's Man Cal Muller, and you're listening to Ozzie, the Sports Junkie. Get addicted, man. <laughs> this Ozzy the Sports Junkie guy doesn't scare me. I got chunks of guy like that in my stool. Hey, this is John Daly. You listen to Ozzy the Sports Junkie. He thinks he knows what's going on, but you got to get it from me. But he knows a few things or two. Hi. Hi, this is Jim Palmer, and you're listening to Ozzie, the Sports Junkie on... Hi, this is Evan Longoria, and you're listening to Ozzie, the Sports Junkie. Can you turn that goddamn music down? Remember Super Bubble? The plastic shit, you blow it, and it was just a... It looked cool in the ad, never worked right. Yes, I do remember that. What was that all about? Who cares? Who cares? It's not bad. A that Nobody cares about it. <laughs> I people care about it. Jake, but they, maybe we care about it, that sort of matters. Goddamn right we care about it, that's why we're here, that's why you're Jake Jacobson, and let well, me be the, well, maybe the last. So the, now, the last of the day, or the first of the day, your birthday was yesterday, I wish you birthday, happy birthday yesterday, but you're such a great guy, I got to wish you again, and let the viewers and listeners of the show know that... Jake's uh, her birthday was yesterday, so congratulations! Thank you. Buddy. I got a
1: lot of uh, Facebook uh, responses, and I—it's kind of you know what it is. It's so overwhelming now to have a birthday on Facebook. It really is, especially if you have a lot of friends. You must get sentimental. It's. It's never-ending, and I feel personally uh, responsible to acknowledge, not with a light, like, but with a remark. Whether it's thank you with a, a rose to a woman, or a love, yeah. or a champagne, or a clack of beers, so, and I'm getting like two to three, maybe 350 responses. Damn! So I got to respond back. Okay, that. I'm at work responding. I go home. I'm trying to watch a ball game I'm responding. And then there's the late Facebook who didn't get it last yesterday and get it today. So all day I'm responding today as well.
0: So tell people not to respond. You don't have to No, I, I mean you need, no network line. <laughs> no no emails or any kind of communication with Jake. You're just gonna piss him off. No, you love all the but oh, you're right though. I do the same thing. If somebody says "Happy Birthday," or whatever, just a like doesn't seem sincere. Enough. No,
1: it's so. not enough. <laughs> but you need to click a like. And then I send, of course, a complete, uh, you know, post thanking everybody for the wishes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there is a way around that, though. Is you can take your birthday, go into your profile, you can take it off, and this way your birthday doesn't show up when it's your birthday.
0: You can do that. You're right.
1: And I, I've been thinking about next year because, as much as I do appreciate it. It is a headache for me who is O C D and feels the necessity to respond that it becomes overwhelming. I'm right there with you because I have the same thing.
0: And then you feel like ah Jesus I, my friends in fifth grade, I mean my birthday. I just liked him yes. some jag off I knew for a year I go off, off and off off about the raids or something. <laughs>
1: It is uh, so true, but we haven't done a podcast for whatever reasons. We had scheduled podcasts, but because of your work... Right, I'm busy. You're, you're,
0: you've had some gum surgery. Century. I had gum stuck on my shoe. <laughs> and, uh... But it, How long has it been, Jake? Probably, uh... Nearly a month. Nearly a month. Yeah. This show, maybe the first show since spring training came to a screeching halt and everything came so we could go all sports and not talk about any kind of diseases, airborne or bloodborne or yeah. less or anything.
1: I'll tell you what. I think today we should dedicate the show to sports and lay off yeah. we, if, if we can, lay off any political country, what the world COVID, yes. COVID. COVID this,
0: as they would say in New York. Yeah. COVID this. How about, I thought hockey, of all the majors, I thought hockey in August was the most ridiculous ridiculous connotation. Why would they even bother? Boy, was I wrong. As much as I love hockey and as dumb as I thought it was to play hockey, the NHL playoffs, now, of course, I got a dog in the fight, and they're one series away from the big dance. And I think, Jake, it couldn't benefit a team more. Then the Lightning, young guys to be sequestered. There's no home-ups. There's, oh, God, we got to go. Up the, it's either, they're either going to play the Islanders or the Flyers. There's right. not, oh, we're down 0-2. we got to go to Philadelphia with that raucous crowd. They're in the same arena every night. There's no home-ice advantage. That is right. I think it concentrates. I think and for a guy like Cooper, who so micromanages everything, I think it plays right into their hands. And I'll tell you what, the, I thought the game before last was the most exciting one. Last night's night, two nights ago, with the overtime bang on the back of the net. Ice cream, you probably heard me downtown. That was the best hockey game I saw year. Probably the best sporting event I've seen all year. I mean, I'll be honest, not big into the NBA playoffs. Have not found it, other than a gambling advantage. Or gambling angle. Baseball? I know, Rays are playing their ass off. The Rays might be the best team in baseball, Jake. They very well could be. They got a, what, a four-game lead on the Yankees? They're crushing. As your Mets continue to roll.
1: Oh, Stop. Don't even get, this is what I decided after, oh, you're going to get me into a rant now. All right, this is what I decided. I promised myself I wouldn't get upset now. Saturdays, we'll, we'll briefly talk about my New York Mets, all right? They look good. And, good I, and I'm, I'm going to get into this whole sports thing. And sports-related, so. this feeling about this bubble with the NBA and the hockey and the right. sixty-game season for baseball, which again, this whole thing to me is ridiculous, and I'll get to my reasoning why. But I promise, with all, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of politics, but with all that's going on in the country, I've been very, you know, we're all mentally exhausted between that and the COVID-19. And I'm watching the Mets, and I'm glad baseball was back. I watched the Mets-Yankees series, and Saturday the Mets won the doubleheader, came back with winning both games in an incredible fashion. And then Saturday they're winning 7-2 in the seventh inning because it's a doubleheader first game. Sure. And the Yankees score five runs in the seventh inning, which is basically the ninth inning, with only two hits. There were, you know, just comical errors and mis- mis- misplays by the defense. And I am freaking out watching the game. And then the Mets... In the second game, lose. They're tied up the game at 1-1, and they lose in the seventh inning. Uh, you know, the bottom of this, whatever it was, they lose in the seventh inning because it's a seven-inning game after 1-1 game on a grand slam by uh, Sanchez, Gary Sanchez, the catcher. And I get up freaking out. And that and that moment, with everything going on in our country and the world and my baseball team and sports as a whole, You lost it. I lost it. And I sat down had my martini, and it decided that at this point, at 62 years of age, I ha- well, then I was 61 because I didn't become 62 until Tuesday. You were a young man when that game started. Well, I, yeah, exactly. I decided I have to rewire myself. And I, by rewiring, what I mean is I have to look at what's going on in our life, in my life specifically, yes. but the world in general as well, and I have to calm down and say, you know what, there are more important things, yes, During the game, I can get frustrated, but once the game ends... You gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. What if you had, like, colon cancer or something? Well, there you go. Hell, it damn near killed him. Rectum cancer. I
0: knock on wood. Hell, it damn near killed him. That's an old joke, but it still (laughs) bears repeating. Go on, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's right. You do it anyway. (laughs) was a cheap laugh. laugh. I go (laughs) for the cheap laugh.
1: I have knocked on... Everything and anything, so much in the last six months since this virus has come, just the fact that I'm around and I'm able to uh, you know, uh, talk to my friends and my family and see people on a daily basis at Publix, protected by glass, protected by masks, that I'm here, Right. that there are more important things than me freaking out and letting it bother me to the point where I can't sleep at night. So, my over the last couple of days, I'm starting to rewire myself and start letting to let things Go and just be happy that I am around. And the fact that I am able to sit here with you on a hump day Wednesday, I don't care if you're listening on a Friday or a Saturday, the fact is, I am able to sit here. And talk with you and not get frustrated. I will get a little bit frustrated as I talk about it because this is a sports show. But me personally, I'm not going to get myself so personally invested where it's going to ruin my life after every loss. Well, don't let it ruin you. Well, it did. I don't want to ruin. And with football season coming up. So is this new or is this new Jake in last the first ki- quarter of the first Jets game well the difference in football is uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I'll get into that as well my feelings about you know without having a exhibition season you know and how it's going to affect ball players I and who's going to gonna get injured and stuff like that and rookies are going to get their first taste of the NFL so there's going to be a lot of errors so to speak. Question. I am not, I, you know, I am not going to get myself, yeah, during the game, I will get frustrated, whether it's watching the Buccaneers or my New York Jets, when the game is over, I'm going to be able to sleep at night, and I'm not going to carry it over till the next game, whether it's a Thursday night game, whether it's a Sunday game, whether it's a Monday night football game, I'm not going to let it affect me for the four, or five, or six, or seven days leading up to the next game. And I'm not doing it anymore. That's great news, because if I get one or more of these calls at
0: Sunday, we're cleaning up the last second lead. Jake's drunk downtown, throwing shit off the balcony at the ivory tower. Well, it's easy to say, my friend. But it's, 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 it's hard right. If you can implement
1: it, you're a bit, well, I, I've been doing this my whole life. I mean, my once I really got into sports, and I don't know, remember exactly, baseball and basketball are the first two sports I really got into. So then I was seven years old, eight years old. I'm Nick and Met fan, and then football. By the time Joe Namath and the Jets went to the Super Bowl in '69-'70 season, then I started becoming a fanatical Jet fan. Right. And then when I was about 13, and my uncle Ben, at an earlier age, was taking me to hockey games. Uncle with the guard Yes. Did he go to Rice University? Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> it was he was enriched. There it is. That whole side joke. But I, you. you know, that was the last sport. And maybe it's because I really, I was young and and I really didn't understand the whole thing with icing and offsides and all that. But I became a fanatical Ranger fan. And then you, when you combine the four sports, it ended up. It was basically if they lose, one team loses. I was affected till the next game. Now, with hockey, basketball, and baseball, basically, you're, it's the next day or Yeah, two you
0: can right back on the horse the next day. Football, it can ruin your entire week. The whole week. Well, I've, I've kind of, since the Super Bowl win of the Bucks, it, it has kind of quelled out a little bit for me, where it doesn't ruin my entire week, but being, you know, in the talk business, be it whatever level of talk, well, it's therapy. it does get therapeutic to get it out of your system, yes. and you can bitch about what's wrong. I think... As a talk show host, or in talk radio, or podcast, whatever you do, you're screaming at your buddies at work. If you have a problem on your team, that can be just as much fun to talk about as you're winning. Of course, you want to talk about winning, but you know, for the last five years, it hasn't been about books winning, it's been about Winston, the quarterback, and do you like him, do you not like him, can they win with him, bop, bop, bop. I'm glad that's over, and we move on, and now, all the hype, and all the, now, here's a, here's a, one I'll throw at you, As we kinda of glide off that for a second, but I I'm right with you. as a kid I used to cry. Cry. And the Cubs are in last place. Cry. And they'd lose a meaningless game at one o'clock on a Thursday to Pittsburgh and I was crying. I would say I wonder I walk, grew up such a pain in the ass.
1: I'd be kneeling in front of my radio or T V watching a game whether it was Paul Silas of the Celtics against the Knicks shooting a free throw, and he was a horrible three-throw shooter, but I would kneel down praying, tears rolling down my eyes, God, and he would miss the free throw. And he'd Things make
0: like it. That. And then you'd go to just scream and throw furniture.
1: Uh, my father... God well, you bless know, uh, your father and your mother. You know, then it was basically, he would pull the... Um, what is it, the, uh... Electrician therapy equipment? The, well, no. kind of like that. They used to have the uh, plugs where you'd pull the electricity uh, so it would go off. What do they call that? A-, a fuse? A fuse. You'd stick your finger in it and laugh? My father would pull the fuse out because he couldn't take the screaming anymore, and then I'd freak out because I couldn't listen to the radio or the TV. I could hear my father laughing downstairs, and then I knew that he took the fuse out just to calm me down, which actually got me more upset. Wow. So that's basically the straight took, took my card. They didn't sh- put me on a, a oh, seven <laughs> Good God, man. So let's uh, let's let's get into the well let's break uh, it down. I'm with you with the NBA uh Oz because I'm a uh, grew up a fanatical Knicks fan. And the Knicks have been they had a little sports during Carmelo Anthony's uh, uh, yeah. you know time. But it wasn't you know, it was quick. You get to the playoffs and you're out. But they have basically, for the last 20 years since Patrick Ewing retired, have been the worst. It's a shame too, because I'll tell you what. I
0: don't have no dog in the in the fight either, as far as uh, NBA. When Michael quit for the Bulls, shipped, I didn't follow him to the Wizards. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I am a free agent NBA fan. If the Knicks were to turn it around, that'd be my ball club.
1: Okay, that's. That would be my ball club. But you know what it is, Oz? Uh, what has turned me off about the NBA? is that players have become the story. And when I say that, I mean they dictate where they're going to go. They bring their friends over there. They build up a uh, – basically a a team of friends. I want to – you know, when – when LeBron James went to Miami, he went there because Chris Bosh and Dwayne Way were playing there, his best friends. So I'm going to go there. He could have went to New York, and he could have built up a dynasty with the New York Knicks, and he would have been a, a legendary New York player. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer and considered, a you know arguably, uh, with a couple other players, the greatest player to play the game. But he decided to go, and this is I, – I did – disliked him so much then for putting on a spectacle with ESPN to make his decision. Oh,
0: God. was ridiculous.
1: Decision night. But over the years, I've become more respectful of him because of the work he has done. Even though he's jumped around going to Cle- back to Cleveland and over to L.A., the work he has done with teams and with kids, I should say, and building schools and, sure. and stuff like that. So I respect that end of it. But as far as teams itself, I don't like the te- – you know, I don't like the fact that they're playing with the team's – that they have decided to play with because they can play with their friends. Right, and they get they
0: get the coaches right. They dictate, Lebron dictates who coaches the team. Yeah, There's no question course, about yes. that. I guess Lebron dictated the NBA was going to shut it down or not. They had a meeting, players only meeting, and Lebron said no, we're going to finish the season.
1: Well, I you know I know that he and I can't remember the player, but they discussed it with and I respect them with uh, President Obama. They went to a guy that they respected very much, and I respect that. Sure. But I know there are a lot of younger players that had, were really pissed off at LeBron for basically taking over the whole situation. I, yeah. know, I understand that when they had this meeting and they thought it was over, he got up there and spoke for another 30 minutes, and they were kind of agitated about what he had to say.
0: I can understand. Sure, he's the biggest player maybe in, in the world. In right now he is. He he's play. on the back end of his career, let's face it. And my man's losing hair by the second. But at any rate, and his career is about over.
1: No, it's not. Stop
0: it. How many years he got? Two or three?
1: Oh, like, uh, of
0: greatness, probably. I still, he's not in the. He's a, a, a not
1: even a distant, or a distant second. Well, he's got a look, he's got a great player in Anthony Davis, one of, probably the best all-around center of all basketball to play with. So. I, I don't know if they're going to win the NBA championship, but all this, as we get move on around to the NHL and the Lightning, right. everything to me is an asterisk and, and is tarnished. what assets. has transpired.
0: The only reason I could get excited, and I am excited about the Lightning, the, the games are just – I think the production on TV, it almost is as good – if there's no fans there. They're doing, they're doing it the it yeah, yeah, they put the, the, the graphics around the rink, you can't really see that there's no fans.
1: There. Well the NBA has done the same uh, thing. How about the NBA with the virtual fans? That's kinda cool. It's kinda cool. You get the people
0: waving the back. Yeah. I don't know who we'll gets to do that I season think. ticket holders, but regardless because you can say that in the NBA and the, the NHL have played a full season and a full playoff. I wouldn't be that upset. Sure the Rays look great right now. If the Rays were to win this quote unquote World Series, it it would be a, a half a World Series. Man, I'd take it. I'm not going to ne- never not take a, uh, a championship. It'd be a shame that they have to win it in a two- two-month two season and save all the talk. I can't believe the people would actually have the conversation. Are we going to see a 400-hitter? No, you're not going to. If you might, he might hit 750. 500 hitter is over 162 games, not 60. Absolutely. Are you crazy? It's,
1: They're having that conversation. No, well, what's his name from uh, Colorado who was uh, batting, I think, 500 at some point, and now he's down to 375, which is still fantastic. It's, it's just gonna just, show. You can't even hit 300 in two months, let alone eight months' season. That's how incredible of a feat it is. It is almost. Impossible. The last player, was that, uh, Ted Williams? Ted Williams, We're back in the yeah, s- it, 40s, it, 41. It's kind of like Joe DiMaggio. You're not going to see a 56-game uh, hitting streak again. You're not yeah, going to see point. a 400-batting average. You're not going to see a guy win 30 games. If you win 25, it's a miracle because you're only getting 32 to 34 starts, and it's just impossible to win that amount of games because there's so many no-decision games.
0: You're right. You know not have to apologize to you, but we never clarified it way back. Before the season started, I think it was, you brought up the rule: the relief pitcher has to three batters, Three unless batters.
1: unless you're closing in out an I love the rule. Yeah, I do too. I do like I, more. than I've, more, more than I've seen it in action and thought about it, it it really does
0: expedite because you well, see, no, I don't, you, I, you a see thing. a guy come in for one batter and then just and then
1: you gotta come go like, back. Let me tell you, I I'm I'm with you. I like that rule. Let's and it also it doesn't take the it, well now with these double-headers and everything because of COVID-19. But it doesn't, to me, I haven't seen it expedite the games or speed it up because I watched the Mets-Yankees play two double-headers this weekend. Right. And the seven-inning games, were st- by the time it was the, I don't know, fifth inning, it was already two hours and 40 minutes long. And so if you think it's really speeding up the game, I haven't seen it. Well, that's right, my argument with replaying baseball.
0: In no way, shape, or form speeds the game up. Every freaking cold call, call, they gotta go to the booth, and they gotta, and it takes arguing. out. part of baseball is, hey, man, we went to the game. Boy, they tore into that second, uh, tore out there and just tore that second base umpire apart. That to me, that's part of baseball. Arguing with the, with I the umpire. Hate. Uh, some, well, some really sir, I, I
1: wouldn't say it was toy, It was more guys like uh, Billy Martin, and Earl Ambers, and the, 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 the Oh, so, uh, so Yeah. But so, certain umpires
0: had the Wendell Stoller had a wide strike zone. Uh, the Paul, uh, what's his face? Grungy. Grungy Harvey. All these guys had their own. They were all individuals, and it brought individuality to the game. Because guess what? Oh, we got uh, Wendell set tonight. He calls everything high, but he calls it for both teams. Just like you go, if you say you go to a hockey game and not see a fight, you're a liar. If you say you go to NASCAR and not see a crash, of course you want to see a crash, and of course you want to see an argument at a baseball game. Uh-oh. I
1: don't know. I don't know if I want to see a crash at a uh, uh, NASCAR, uh, which I insist anyway. I insist. But as far as growing up, fights were part of the game. I couldn't wait. The please uh, wait. you kidding he, me? Ty Tommy, Tommy and Probert used to go at it. when he, when Tommy was a Ranger and Probert was the probably considered the best. Pure fighter. He was like a boxer for the uh, for the Red Wings. I, I mean, it was the whole uh, lead-up to the game through the New York Post and the Daily News and every other New York news day and everything like that was whether or not they were going to fight that night. And the crowd, the anticipation when they got on the ice, are they going to drop the gloves and go at it? It was all part of it. It is so toned down, and I'm fine with that because I love hockey, and I think it's the most skilled game out there with the, the hand-eye coordination, the speed of the game. The, these guys are coming out there getting crushed into boards, getting hit with Hockey pucks slap by accident with sticks, they get stitched up and they come right back out on the ice. They
0: like bit. it. And the way they've got them, you're going know, to equate this to Jake, because all these kids are from, if they're not from Canada, they played junior hockey in Russia or the European leagues their whole life is hockey. They basically don't even go to school. From the time they're like 13, they're in these camps and they go, they're go they shuttled from the classroom or the dorm to the rink for practice, back to the
1: dorm and it's then back of, for the... You know what that's like? It's kind of like what the gymnasts have to do when they start at yeah. five, six years old.
0: You talk about being in a, in a, in a zone, baby. You, you can't even look outside the
1: zone. Your your life and it's your lifespan, I mean, I wouldn't say span, but your career span is very... I mean, you're at a certain age, 22, 23, after the Olympics, you're done. Now, it sucks.
0: To, on this behalf, sure, you want to see right, lightning up 3 1. They got to go go to Boston and stick it up their ass in Boston. You want to see it, and the fans are going to be crazy. That aspect is why sports are sports. Because I want to see a, like Mets, Yankees, I want to see a sold out Yankee Stadium going nuts. See, and it's, it's
1: not up there. Yeah. Well, yep, it right, is what it is. So let, let, let's wrap up the NBA thing. I have not, I have my friend uh, Joe, who I stay with when I go to New York, and has a place in Boca, and he's. You know, uh, the, one of my, as you know, one of my brothers. You met him at the Rain concert. Yeah, uh, yeah, a great guy. He is a, you know, even though the Knicks suck, and me and him were, like, you have certain friends that I went to Met games with, certain friends that I had my Jet season tickets with, he was my Nick guy. We both went to, together to so many Nick playoff games during the heydays with Michael Jordan and and, and the Bulls and Indiana and Reggie oh. Miller and the Celtics with, uh, you know, Larry Bird. We were the guys that went to all those games. He is, you know, I'm speaking to him yesterday. He goes, are you watching the NBA? I go, no. He goes, Jake, you are missing out. It is phenomenal. I go, Joe, until the Knicks start winning, I just can't get into the concept after watching this especially this bubble type game where where you you, you played three quarters of the season, you sit for four months and then you're you're in there. Well plus the fact if you don't have
0: a dog in the race and you're not betting on it, who the hell do you care? Well, you uh, got an interest in a Golden State Laker game. I have no interest well, in Golden State. I the know, game. but I'm just saying two teams that you have no interest. If I ain't betting on it, I could care
1: less. And I don't like this idea of lotteries anymore. When you have the worst record, well, they're trying to do that so people don't throw games. Yeah, you're right. You know, the Knicks had the, one of the best percentages to get a... Number one pick. What do they end up with? The I don't know, the eighth or eleventh pick, or something. Now the Rangers losing in the play in this again this NHL bubble thing. Where I, of course I wanted the Rangers to move on, but was the best thing that ever happened is they losing because they end up getting miraculously the number one pick which is this Sidney Crosby type player, I can't even pronounce his name but they're going to pick him up and to me with the Rangers being the number two youngest team in all of hockey with all these young studs including Zidane and Panarin on their team they could be in the next two or three years a top team in hockey or fighting with the Lightning to be the do- ho- hockey team. So the Rangers lucked out. But, again, it's a stupid lottery thing where you get a percentage. And, again, I understand they're trying to so, you know, so teams don't throw it, you know, where they lose games on purpose. But teams that are literally the worst team in hockey – might have had the 5th, 6th, 8th pick in the draft when they should have gotten the first pick.
0: You're right. That is why they do have a lottery because teams could just literally just tank it. Some teams are so garbage they don't have to tank it to suck. But we'll see how that pans out. I right. no know it's Jake Jacobson, the birthday boy, I see the sports junkie, bringing you, well, the ins and outs, the behind the scenes or the not so behind the scenes from the world of sports. And thank God for the first time in eons, we can talk just sports. Oh, and, and no nonsense.
1: And let's move from now the NBA to the Lightning and the NHL. What are the, before we get into the specifics of the uh, Lightning round, uh, you know, against the Bruins, they went in five games and a great series of wins. A little series. But what are they going to do with Snapkos? Snapkos snap has been, you know, kind of an injury riddle, phenomenal question. player. And they can. you could see they can win without him.
0: Well, you know something? I was all for bringing the kid back. And he played his ass off last year. And he actually, oh, absolutely, he was one of the ones who did show up sort of in the postseason. But this guy is a china doll. I don't even know what the hell, what is wrong with him now? Strained vaginal muscles? <laughs> I mean, they get, he's the third pipe player in hockey, and where is he? He's never there when the game, when the the rubber meets the road, like. They, they, they like to say, Stamker should be leading the way. They, because Kucherov has come back down to earth. He's not the same guy he was last year. He's more of a team guy. He's not as selfish as he was. He's still the scorer. But you've got Hadman. You've got Kucherov. Uh, well, they... Perriot has come on strong. From up. top to bottom... By uh, a third-horse play player, you got to be in there, and you got to be leading your team, pal.
1: From top to bottom, they are probably the most talented team in hockey. In the last couple of years. Yes. Last year was just a... I know you basically went off the deep end. You should have. Well, I should you, have. You needed to be rewired last year after that. And but the best you, record in the history of the league and then to fold three after the worst team in hockey? It, it was in the it, it was a very, very difficult. That, well, that's what tells you about how great hockey is because you get a hot goaltender and NHL hockey uh, basically toss it up because anybody can win. But it's not,
0: just all, it's not just all goaltending with Vasilevsky. They're, they're scoring it. I mean, they're just putting some big numbers up. They put an eight up against Boston two nights ago, three nights ago, and. And they, they got it done oh. in double overtime, I'll tell you.
1: Do you build for the, you know, they still have, these guys are young. So do you still build for the future? Stamkos is still at, uh, you know, at top of his, peak of his career. He's, but again, injury prone. So is this the time where you look to look for a draft pick or trade him for a younger player? I don't know. Remember, the and I mean that, I don't know. Do you give up on a guy? What
0: is he? He's not even 30 yet, is he? If that, he's about 29. I mean, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get that answer to They you. got all those Rangers. They got McDonough. They got, who else did they get?
1: Uh, Girardi. They got all the captains. I think they got three captains in one year from the New York Rangers. Well, they, 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 uh, mo- the great thing about Gerard – well, Gerard, is retired. Right. But the, and they had Calani. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he's retired as well. Yeah, they're all gone now. But, but McDonough, McDonough is at the tail end. He's still a leader in the club, out. Right. He still understands the game, and having him on the ice is a great leadership. But he's at the tail end of his career, too. So this is where you look at a guy like Stamkos and say, maybe we can start to rebuild, fill those shoes because – He's, he's, he's proven he can't last a whole
0: season. Uh, I mean, an entire regular and postseason has he ever played an entire season. It's been a while. It's been a while, man. A while. and this, this isn't like, like a, a
1: second-line guy. He's the third-highest paid player in hockey. Now, the Lightning got a little bit of a break. Now, the Bruins are a, also a top-tier team, and I thought this might have been the two best teams in hockey playing each other. But they, got a, they got a break because one of the best goaltender and Tuka Rask Opted out of the bubble because of family back home and he felt he needed to be there and was scared. And I get that. Right. And that, I, to me, hurt the Bruins tremendously because you got to have your top tier goaltender when you get to the playoffs. The two little guys they had, the backups,
0: they were, you know, they did their part. But they're no rask. They're no rask. I'll tell you, he's a bastard to watch. Is that Marshawn? He's the 25 and 3 when he would score a goal. Oh, he's a... reverse that, but... He is a... He's like a gnat on acid with a knife. He's he
1: just is... He's so annoying. You look at all the instigators throughout my life, and there were some real big ones, but nobody was that I can remember. Like, uh, Bobby Clark was an instigator. Uh, Lindeman was an instigator. Now, some of the people listening who are a little younger might not remember the Bobby Clarks of the 70s and the Broadsteep Bullies of the Flyers. He was a leader of that team, and he basically was the instigator. And he had the guys who can back him up and fight for him when he started instigating. And Lindeman was the next step, and there were a bunch of them. But Marshawn not only is an instigator, but he's a great scorer, too. I mean, it's just he a is. phenomenal player. And how about Zidane Chara? If you
0: noticed... No playoff beards, real big playoff beards this year. You know why? You probably can't put wear a mask if you got a big beard. I'm thinking that has a little bit to do with it, maybe. Because you know the playoff beards are fresh, you know? Everybody they grow them until they're at mid mid waist.
1: Well, the problem was you had four months off. Some guys during the four months grew the beard. Uh, and I'm talking about, I also know people who grew a beer during that because they were basically homebound and all that. They didn't care how they looked. So the grooming was like, I don't give a crap. I don't know if they showered.
0: I did that it on like, myself.
1: So I don't know. Beards became a thing, uh, you know, in this year is because of the bubble thing because they re- really didn't know when the season was actually going to start again and whether or not they were actually going to play. But Stamkos is 30 years old. He'll be 31 in February of next year. We don't. When are they going to start the season? In January next year? We don't even know. Okay, so how again. does
0: this even f- fan over into the next season? Because by the time that the, the cup is hoisted, it might be October. Eight, well, maybe not. It'll be late September. Easily. We I don't know. Well, they've got a an Eastern and Western Conference final best of seven, and then a, a, a finals best of seven. That's a month. It'll be October, buddy.
1: We're in September now. I'm trying. Right. September morn. While we're speaking, I'm trying to get Stamkos. Uh, how many games he's played in? the While we're speaking,
0: I'm looking at the uh, the uh, the '69 World Series replay. Uh, Mets and uh, what do you call that? Their uh, the right. Memorial starts at four o'clock on the old uh, television right beside you. there.
1: Uh, believe it or not, I mean it's hard to realize that Stampco's first year in the NHL. I mean, where does the time go? He goes to, back to to uh, 2008, 2009. I think when Cavallaro was still on the team at that point, perhaps. Probably. So he
0: was probably. way back. That was ten coaches ago.
1: All right. So let's go over the last.
0: Not necessarily. Uh, they, they they had they had Tortorella. I think they had. You no, know, Giguere was before
1: his first after don't worry,
0: about that. don't
1: worry about that <laughs> one two three four his first four years in the NHL from 2009 to 2013 uh, 2012 he played 79 82 82 82 so he had three full season and one he only missed two games since that time he played 48 games 37. Oof. Then he had an 82 and a 77, so that's that's real good. Then he had 17. Ouch. Then he had 78, which is good. Okay. Then he 80, had 82. And then this year, of course, 57 games. So. Did they list his latest uh, death, life threatening injury? Uh. What does he have? Lupus? Uh, let's find out. Lou Gags? Stamkos. coast he's got Injury. We hope through a series
0: of he suffered from Makita-itis. All right, Stamka's injury.
1: It's a lower body injury. Oh, God, can can they be more specific?
0: That's either blow away or when your nuts fell off. Uh, Lower injury. Get out of here with that.
1: I'm trying to find out if it will well, they still say it. Do, rem- uh,
0: Do you remember the long, drawn, out for like two years, should they trade him, should they try to keep him, should they move a deal, should they wait, bop, 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 bop. it was a big, long, out, drawn-out affair, same clothes, t- t- come or, coming or going, and he was all for bringing him back. I don't like the kid.
1: I mean, they how can you not like him? I mean, he's never when I mean, they need him. Well, but he's—I mean, when he's—well, I wouldn't I say know, no, he I does totally great things
0: around the uh, the, the uh, Tampa Bay area, but you know, so does Jeff Vinnick, But I—I I
1: don't look for him on the power play. Right, definitely not. But as of August 25th, I'm looking at the uh, from the Tampa Bay Times. St- Steven Samkos is missing, and there is no updates on the potential returns. How can you be? Now we're at September 2nd. He's in, in an how can you not have an update on whether or not he's going to be able to return at some point because they are moving on. We'll find out in the next... Are, they, are the Islanders and the Flyers playing tonight for game six?
0: Uh, the, tonight, it well, last night went to overtime. Tonight, you have a little bit of Colorado and Dallas. Last night, the Islanders...
1: In lost in overtime. They lost
0: in overtime, so the, the uh, Flyers staved off a uh, season-ending win, or loss, I should say, with a 4-3 win, and so I will assume... Tomorrow night, which is exactly right, 7 o'clock, Philly and the Islanders. And I got into a little bit of a – and plus uh, Vegas-Vancouver and less. And less. Oh, come on. Give, come on back to today.
1: Well, you yeah, know, yeah, I was thinking you- – Dallas, Dallas can finish off
0: Colorado tonight. How about a Vegas-Tampa Bay Finals? How cool would that be? And no one can go anywhere. But, you know, how about this? The Eastern Conference teams are playing in Toronto. A. The Western Conference are out in Edmonton. For the finals, they're moving the whole kitten caboodle out to Edmonton. Reason, I have no clue why. Why uh, keep them tighter bubble? But I don't want to watch games at uh, what is it nine thirty at night? No, the same time zone. Same. It won't affect the time at all. It just They're just, for for whatever reason, because the West is out there and the East is playing in Toronto, they got to move one way or the other, so they're going out there because I think they have the ice capades and these circles.
1: So so you're saying tonight's, uh, or, let's, hold on. Now, the finals, could be the the
0: Eastern and Western Conference finals move out there, too. I'm not certain. Well... Is this. The, team, the four teams going there with what was it, uh, NHL roster, Jake, like 26 or something? I don't even know. So it's 140, let's say, players. It doubles the population of Edmonton by twofold. Just having 148 players there. <sighs> that was a joke. Thank you. Wow, I got to drop in uh, without any sound effects. It's really kind of dry.
1: But I am, um, again, everything to me from the NBA to the NHL. Because of the situation, how they decided to put uh, playing games to get in, right, and then into the playoffs, it was basically you know, like the NBA, just thrown together. And no matter what happens, in my mind, it's still you win a Stanley Cup, you win an NBA championship. Asterix, there's got to be an Asterix. has there. to be. And with a baseball season now, let's go to that.
0: Let's move over there. Uh, baseball. I don't even think they should have the this. St- it's a. It's a. Sh- sure, it's a championship, but. Give me a break. 60 games compared to 162, that's not even – that's less than a – what is it? It's maybe a quarter of the season? It's a, It's just over a th- uh, less than a third of the season. I know that somebody's got to win it, and somebody will win it. If, if the Rays win it, I wouldn't deny it. I wouldn't well, – I wouldn't hurt no, in the same esteem as a 162
1: drawn out
0: grinder.
1: Here's the problem. We've already seen, as you know, and I know we haven't really spoken about because you've been off the podcast for three or four weeks, we have seen teams like the uh, the Mets, St. Louis, Miami, and the, uh, I think the Reds. Some teams have lost a tremendous amount of games. Had to make it up with double letters. The Mets had a five-game, two double-edders Friday night and Sunday against the Yankees. Right. You're, you're bringing up players. There's no minor league team. you got to stretch out the bullpens. You're playing seven-inning games back-to-back. Uh, some of the teams you're hearing pitchers for the first time. You don't know where they came from, like the Mets last night. It's crazy. Again, they're pitching three or four innings. They're kind of doing what the what the Rays have done, but that's part of the Rays, and they started out last year, which has ended up being great by cash. But other teams are, you know, when they get their starters out there, they want them to go six or seven innings until they get to the bullpen. Sure. Or they now their pitch counts are basically at 50 innings or 50 pitches, because they had four months off. And even though you might be warming up at your house with your friend,
0: That's not not major league quality pitching, or uh, even training
1: for that matter. And, you know, you're losing players that are important to your team because they're the ones who came down with the positive for COVID, or you have players after self-quarantine because they are around that player at the time that they were. So, the whole thing to me has been so screwed up. and and It has been. And then you have teams like Toronto that
0: they didn't even look at a stadium and, and somebody completely dropped the ball that went allowed in our own country. I know. So we're going to maybe play in New York, maybe we'll play in Boston, maybe Baltimore's open. How about Buffalo? Buffalo's cool. That was the greatest thing ever, watching the Rays play Toronto and Buffalo with car fans who are from Toronto, which aren't allowed into the United States, but yet they pay for their seats so they get a car out of them with the announcers in Tampa broadcasting Canada. <laughs> I mean you couldn't make that up.
1: The biggest problem I have as we talked about the pitchers stretching themselves out how do you deal with it is that we're losing a lot of pitchers teams are losing I know the Mets have I know the uh, the Rays have done that the losing guys for injuries and will it affect their career or will it affect next year whenever they decide to start the season which I'm assuming assuming if, if they're playing a regular you know they're going into the playoffs so they'll end the normal time sometime in October Yeah. But when they start the season up in February, will teams, will players be ready to go?
0: we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's going to affect a lot of things. What you know, and, and we'll get to the the, the king of them all, the NFL, and college football, which is I don't even know what to do with that. But uh, I guess I'll take I'll take any kind of raise, win, any kind of entertaining baseball. But then you have this: these games not only are they going to have an asterisk. Let's see how you can be qualified or quantified a win in the annals of baseball when you're given a man on second to start the inning. That, that throws every win in Major League Baseball history out the window. If you're changing the, the basic structure of the game, and that's about as stupid as when we were kids playing baseball and Tommy had to go home because dinner was ready, all right, anything to right fields out. I mean, you are just making, and the seven, Why is there a seven-inning doubleheader? They,
1: they 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 can't handle in games. They're well, men, I, I, the you know I thought the idea of putting a guy on second base was good to look at. Let's see That's what I to get out of the stadium. i at. That's where I'm at now because yes, there is decisions. If you're the if you're the away team and you want to get a lead, you bunt them over to third. And then if, the, if you're the manager, do you intentionally walk the guy at uh, first base to set up a double play or a force out? Or do you walk both players to set up a force out at home? These are decisions to be well, made. But the more I'm watching it, the more I dislike it. And if you're playing a double header and you go to the seventh inning, okay, and now you're going into extra innings, to me – Let's not put the man on second base yet. Let them play the extra two innings to the ninth inning, even though it's a seven-inning game. Let's go back to the ninth inning if they get there. Before they start that, putting the man on second base, I, I, I just can't see how
0: any of those wins can count in the annals of baseball because they're not real wins because that's not part. That's like saying, uh, you know, Monopoly is a great game, Jake, but it takes too freaking long. Instead of being a square and having four, let's just make it a triangle. No, spot let's a triangle, and it'll go over quicker. Okay, that's a different form of Monopoly. This is baseball. There's three outs. You have to I don't care if you gotta bunt the man from first to second and sack fly to
1: third. That is why it's played. And the intensity of the game when you know you gotta get three outs. There's not a man on second base and you're you know, I love the aspect. So I'm saying I was willing to give it a chance, please next year. You're talking really, about doing it, no, it full time. No. I don't want it.
0: I would have a real problem, real problem with that, because that... Okay, uh, D.H. in the National League, if it's going to happen... I don't mind it. Uh, it There could be worse
1: things. There could be the man on second base. I have actually liked the idea of watching my Mets play with a D.H., I, I'm, I'm okay because I've watched it for what 30 since 1976 or 74, right. where Ron Bloomberg was the first DH for the Yankees in that first game. I kind of like it now. I mean, I don't mind. It, I think it should be either or. Either you go back to pitchers, you know, in there and let them bunt or whatever they want to do with it, or go back to the full-fledged DH on both sides. So I'm fine with that. I don't want to go if if it goes 20 innings that's fine to watch a 6 hour game and every inning and every at bat means so much sure. to me is so much more exciting and the anticipation then okay what are they going to do They're starting the inning on second base are you going to bunt him over is the first guy going to get a base hit it scores him then what happens when the team comes up in the bottom of the inning how are they going to handle with the man on second base <laughs> so I want to go back to the normal let's go until the completion of the game that's
0: and that's when the He's a baseball, Jake. That's why we love it, because it's over when it's over. I remember I went to game with my cousin, and he said, what time's the game going to be over? I said, when the team with the most runs gets the 27th out. Now, hockey
1: did some good stuff. And the 4-4 four four is unbelievable. That is that is an improvement. Well, now it's 3-3. Three on three. Oh, you batter. I mean, you, you'll get a goal within 30 seconds. <laughs> but but thing, I forget who. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, it's 3-3. Three on three. It's, it's, uh, better, it's it
0: I have to go.
1: It's 3-on-3, three three, but you talking about... Uh, you know what, Oz? I'm, I'm done We're talking MLB right now. We'll uh, you know, we we'll we'll one quick one. We yeah. throw weeks out. left. That's it. I'll throw Go a quick back. one at you. Go ahead.
0: When you're up seven runs in a game that between the Texas Rangers and the San Diego Padres... Oh,
1: you're going to... You're going it, to do that. You get a young
0: guy whose father played in the major leagues, Fernando Tatis, played for the Cardinals. This guy oh, I didn't know. I'll ask you. I know it's uncool to steal bases up like 10 runs. Right. But when in the name of God was it not okay to swing a bat? He was, I guess, given a whirlwind. You're, you're talking about the Grand Slam with yeah. the 3 0 pitch? Uh, it, 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 the, uh, his own players, his own coaches. You saw a coach look at the other door like, We'll talk to him. We'll talk to him.
1: What? That, it, it, that is the most. Re- seven runs is not an overtakable lead. This happened last week, and you're right. It happened last week, Completely and I'm Completely ridiculous. I'm reading in the paper the next day about it that uh, players are pissed off. And here's my thinking: I play baseball. I play competitively. If you, if, first of all, there is no lead at that point that is insurmountable. i have seen, seen teams
0: down 14, 10 runs and come back and win the game.
1: Don't load the bases. Throw better pitches. Don't go three in a round the count. And don't throw a fastball down the plate. I throw it out. And since one up by seven runs, would you even be looking at the third base coach? What do you want to do? You want him to take three strikes in a row and, and strike so, out? Because we don't want really to hurt their feelings. You want them to bump the. A- a- even in goal softball,
0: it's a 10 run rule. And
1: I'll say the same thing when it comes to a no hitter. Bump the ball. If you want to break up the no hitter, don't play back. If you're inviting the guy to bump the ball, then bump the ball. Play the game the way it's supposed to be played. Play it hard. You throw me a fastball, a 3 pitch, you're up 20 runs. I don't care. I'm swinging. What if I'm going to pad my stats. I want a big contract. Exactly. This kid's getting paid by her, man, in a season with only playing two months. So and, and who's to say... He was to off because he was standing the and he's like, oh, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, and who's to say it's a guarantee when you throw a fastball, are going to hit a home run. You don't, you see it in a home run derby. Right. Or they're, th- they're throwing pitches right down the place. Uh, you know, instead of a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, they're throwing 60-mile-an-hour fastballs and they're popping it up. Who's to say he's going to hit a home run? And the ass
0: of it all. They the next guy, Machado. Had nothing to do with the whole
1: guy. That's for baseball? What I never baseball. understood. You're making a point. You know, you're seeing the, the next game. guy. He had nothing to do with yeah. it whatsoever. And I don't even really want to get into last night's uh, matchup with Chapman, inning a raids Rays. I didn't see it. And that.
0: And I didn't see it. I want to see, see it. it. I like how Major Baseball. They they said they're going to fine both teams uh, for breaking the. They had a no fighting policy this season. I didn't know that there was a fighting policy in place in baseball. <laughs> That's
1: a good point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ridiculous,
0: stupid. Now you're in football. You're up by 30 points or something. You're not lobbing it into the end zone to make it 37 to, to nothing.
1: Well, uh, you're certainly sure on a swing of bat. If I remember correctly, uh, let's let's go back to the playoff between what was it? Warren Moon and Houston against Buffalo, and they're up 30 to three half where, and without uh, Jim Kelly at quarterback, he back, came back okay. and took it to the house. And how about the game when Tony Dungy comes back in Indianapolis against Tampa Bay? And what was Tampa Bay up, twenty-eight to seven, or something like that? With three minutes to go. So no, there is no. You put it on as much as you. can. I, I get it if you're up in college football, sixteen to nothing, it gets a little ridiculous. But when it comes to professional sports, at some point, yes, maybe. You let, you you know, you run the ball, you don't throw it downfield, you eat up the clock and all that, but they're really, at this point, man, you know, and you're playing for wins, you're playing for money, you're playing for it to build up a little bit of stats, you can't let up.
0: I, I've been playing and watching baseball for 50 years, Jake, I knew that you're not supposed to steal bases up a big run. Certain things, yeah. Yeah, that's what's in your face, but I knew know you were to swing the bat.
1: It's insane. It was insane. Well, I here's, here's advice for you, make better pitches, don't hold the bases. Exactly. And again, don't, again, you don't have to throw a fastball 3-0. and If you're a pitcher, you throw an off-speed pitch. You throw a curveball. If you walk the guy, you walk the guy. Great pitchers, good pitchers. You want to pitch in Major League Baseball, you got to be able to throw different pitches when you're behind on the count. Speaking
0: of which, did you see... Uh, Matt uh, granky the pitcher, I think he's played for the Diamondbacks now, whoever he plays yes, for. Yes, he does. Through the slowest pitch in 15 years, he, he threw, threw an Ephis pitch 42
1: miles an hour,
0: right away, plate a strike.
1: Do you remember the, uh, what was Steve Hamilton for the Yankees? He had, it wasn't the, the alley-oop, what the, was it the uh, when he would throw the ball up in the air? It was the Ephis, wasn't it? No, they called it something else, though. On that
0: you remember, uh, uh, Ted Williams had an answer for the Ephis. But that son of a bitch about 450 feet into orbit, and they never threw it to him again. But that's got to be tough for Major League Baseball. You know how it is to turn on an 80 mile an hour pitch, let alone a 95. Oh, and man. then if you get a 45 mile an hour, you wouldn't know what to do with it. I guess good hitters do. But I got a kick out of that. He threw the old Evis and, and ran over the plate for a strike. So uh, the the baseball season will continue, and it'll uh, somebody will win the thing. How, how ironic would it be?
1: Follow, follow, flounder. That uh, was Steve Hamilton's pitch, the following player, <laughs> where he threw it basically like a high arc softball. Well that
0: was like this bum on the roads and Casey Fossum, had the Fossum flop, which was the name of his biography. Casey okay, so uh, was
1: a you know, for about a year and a half or two, he was uh, you know, he was a hard throwing left
0: hander. And then he went to the flop pitch. How ironic would the irony of all ironies would it be? If is a Tampa Bay fan. The Rays win it. The Bolts win it. And the Bucks win it. And not one fan gets to see a single.
1: That is, I didn't look <laughs> that right. yeah, it anyway. But wait a second. A, they're talking it's about. Really possible. They are talking about uh, the Buccaneers game three letting fan. I don't oh, know. Like, I heard. So I mean, I'm okay. done with that. But how do they do this? I don't know. How do they do? I don't. Jerry
0: Jones claims he's gonna have fifty. How can you have teams that are having zero and then another team? I think that's a totally unfair advantage.
1: Look, it's like, uh, and uh, not to get into the specifics of uh, political rallies, but it's like what we have seen. They're letting people come in, and they're letting people decide their fate, okay, in a way. I mean, it's not guaranteed you're going to catch the virus, but your chances go up when you go to a rally. Uh, maybe more so indoors and outdoors, but games are, most games are outdoors in the NFL. There are a few indoor stadiums, of course. You,
0: you sent me an erroneous text from a rally. What rally? You were in a Trump
1: rally? <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? No, political. Okay. I'm just giving you an example.
0: Uh, I'm right? saying, if you were a rally, you were, were pro, pro at the rally. You were, I imagine you were doing a little protesting.
1: All right. The NFL kicks off its season next Thursday. That's unbelievable. Achieves. And here's where I stand with this year. Here To me, maybe the best thing to do is have a college coach be coaching an NFL team because college football teams do not play. Their exhibition games is usually the first game, some crap team. Sure. Some teams go right into the mix and play a top-tier team, but it's difficult. And they get two crap games afterwards. You know, it's very difficult because you've got a lot of rookies that are playing in these, you know, scrimmages with their own teams. They're starting the season. You're going to have players are hurt. You have rookies who are going to start. And to me, the hardest position, other than maybe quarterback, but as far as a group, is your offensive line. You like to solidify an offensive line that has been together for a couple of years because they have to be in sync. More so than any probably other part of the defense. Forget defensive line, okay, to a degree. Linebackers, secondary, yeah, I get that. But the offensive line between blocking for a quarterback, who you're picking up, blocking for your running back, there are certain schemes where you're supposed to be pulling out, pulling in. And when you haven't played together, it's going to be out of sync. No and certain, and I'll give you an example. The Jets have restructured their entire offensive line. They have a rookie who is six foot seven, three 370 pounds. He's going to start, and he might be a great player, but he's playing with four players he's never played with. And those four players, although veterans and solid players, have never played together in a regular season game. And I think that really makes a big difference. And there are a lot of teams that are in the same situation that the Jets are.
0: Do you think that's a great part that I hadn't thought about? Because you watch preseason, they play a quarter, then two quarters. Then right. game three, they play a half.
1: And then they Do play you, nothing.
0: They play nothing. Do you think you'll see some of these younger players only playing a half and they are bringing in the backups? You see them right out of the gate four quarters. I think
1: you're right out of the gate. I mean, sure, they're going to have – you have to have depth and you have to have trust in the players that you have drafted and guys you have brought in. And I guess, you know, a lot of teams are veteran teams that they don't need to really – uh, like I said, be in sync. But for the younger teams and the teams that have restructured the, through the draft and through the free agent market, had picked up players, it's going to be a tough go.
0: I think it lends to a lot of poor hamstrings and a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. Yeah. And the injuries your offensive line do not bode well for your well, your offense.
1: And if you have, uh, like, I think the Bucks are in a really great position. Uh, they brought in, of course, a Hall of Fame, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. Uh, but their team is basically pretty much the same as it was last year. And great offensive receivers, their question mark is that running back. But I think that's probably the easiest position to fill.
0: They went out and got I mean, Shady McCoy. I thought that was a pretty good pickup.
1: LaShawn McCoy uh, is a great pickup. You but again, you got a veteran running back, and veteran running backs – Basically, can figure it out pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, you've got to have him because you cannot go everybody is is going Oh, I like Rowe Jones. I think he's got a lot of potential Yeah, but this is this is the win now year. There's no tomorrow. You can't you can't It
1: could, only, it could only make him better having a guy a veteran like McCoy yeah,
0: Absolutely, if am excited for is to get hurt. Did you see what the Bucks brought in yesterday? They've been the word I camp. the only negative word I've heard from oh, by the way My new job Bucks fan show will be up tomorrow if not the next day and then I've got a little announcement to make heading into the season about where I'm going to be for Opening Day. Let's just say it's north of the Skyway. Hopefully, ah, hopefully I'll, nothing will happen.
1: Well, the Buccaneers open up on Sunday uh, of next week. Four o'clock at game Saints, oh, the Saints. Oh my goodness! And now, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Kamala um, Kamara is now sitting out the last few days of practice, which is not good. It doesn't bode well because. He wants another contract.
0: Good, let him sit out. We'll kick their ass even. We're going to go in, drink all their booze, screw all their women, and then leave town.
1: Would you like, and I don't want Drew Brees to get injured, you know, phenomenal Hall of Fame quarterback, but wouldn't you want to see Jameis go up against the Buccaneers?
0: I want to see this. The Bucs up by, like, three touchdowns. They pull uh, pull Brees because, you you know, why get him hurt? And Jameis throws a pick six to end the game. (laughs) That would be my dream game. Um, you know what would be my nightmare game, Jake? If it's a close 13-16 game or it's a 38-35 game and they bring in Matt Gay who started horrible, he played great during the regular se- uh, most of the season and then he finished horrible, he's looked horrible in camp. You can't look horrible in practice. The Bucks signed Ryan Suck Up yesterday. Suck Up? Well, you figure we've up enough. Why not Suck Up enough? They tried everything, so why not Suck Up? Suck Up is now a Buccaneer. Right. Look it up, and I guarantee, if you look bad in practice, I mean, <laughs> what sta- what chance you stand, and I've never seen anything like it, but all I can say is this, there is way too much on the line here to go through what the Bucks have gone through in the last decade of last second missed kicks, mid-game last missed kicks, games that... Special teams, punters, punters, you. if you don't... You Kickers know especially, this team has just been snake-bitten, and... The, Tom Brady's not going to stay. They didn't bring Tom Brady and all the other accoutrements and the and the Gronks and all the hype. And This is the most hyped season of any team in Tampa Bay history. I
1: I, it might be the most hyped team this year in the NFL. Oh, no question about it. You know, Fernandez had a great column. Brady's going to suit up as the most
0: successful preeminent player in team sports in the history of the state of Florida. Absolutely. Yeah, no questions. Absolutely. So it's not going to come down to a guy who, Eh, look good halfway through the season and Matt Gay. If we gotta suck it up, we're gonna suck
1: it up. But every sport from baseball, trying to figure out how do you work in a 60-game season as a manager, to basketball, how do you four, take four months off and figure it out in the bubble, to hockey, the same situation and guys opting out, to now football where you don't have an exhibition game, will the preseason after this, will they decide, because it's been talked about, went from six games years ago down to four, they've been talking about you know going down to two games, Will next year, you know, when they start the season in 2021, will it be a two-game exhibition game?
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Next year, they go with the 17-game regular
1: season, right? I don't know. I thought that they – I I have no idea. It all happened so fast. No, there's just so many things to try to figure out. But everything that is going on – Is uh, basically a a potluck, trying to figure out how you're going to get these guys—your rookies in, your free agent guys in, the guys who haven't been on the team before, uh, your second-year players who maybe were very good uh, as uh, basically as for depth of the team—that now are thrown into a more prominent role. This is going to be... And,
0: and then the question, of course, how do you move 65 guys or 56 guys?
1: In a short period of time.
0: And, and, not and a plane to fly into Cleveland or Pittsburgh or LA and into hotels, into restaurants, into the stadium, get them back without
1: COVID. But, well, You know the team's going to get it. through. So this. it's going to happen, and that's why you have to have depth. Same thing in baseball, what we've seen. It, the whole thing is going to be really strange. The one great thing that we're seeing in this uh, NFL season is is that, they, you know, they're starting from the beginning. True. Uh, will it end up being like every other sport? Well, but baseball has, you know, a 60-game season, but will it be like the NBA and the NHL where they might have to take a break for a couple of weeks before starting it back up again? They,
0: they could have waited. They could have uh, del- prolonged the start of the season. It wouldn't bother me one iota.
1: But the thing is, this thing isn't going away. They expect, uh, you know, whether it... The wave is, the first wave is still there, or whether there's going to be a second wave. So it's going to be there for a while. It's not going away yet. So they're going to have to try to figure this all out as the season progresses. The NBA kind of did in a way, although, I, again, just the whole thing about who made the, the playing games and how they did that in the NHL. Something's going to happen with the NFL and we're gonna have to figure it out.
0: I think it's easier for te- for sports like basketball and hockey because it's smaller groups. It's I mean, how, what's an NHL roster? Twenty
1: guys? Uh it's, it's something like that. Yeah,
0: it's very small as opposed and to And they NBA in like
1: twelve games, Some, uh, twelve players. Yeah, you know I mean you can fit them all in a fan. Those what, twenty six? You get two rooms and call tonight. a night. And what's <laughs> place, what's football usually? Forty five? Is it fifty six? Yeah. I thought it was like forty-five.
0: Oh, it's fifty-six. I know, I know college football I is like a hundred. You mixing coaches? It's easily close you know, to a hundred. Coaches,
1: yes, but are you sure there's a eh,
0: It's a fifty-six-man roster. I'm pretty sure.
1: NFL, I think what uh, the roster.
0: I know that Major League Baseball is a thirty-two. More, no, thirty-two. No, 26. twenty-six. Twenty-six like that. man. I don't It'll be interesting, but.
1: All right. Is, uh, all right.
0: Me. Lay it on me. Lay it on.
1: Uh, the rule that has been in place for two decades was scrapped. That the uh, the active rage roster changed from 45 to 46 players, while the inactive list was reduced from eight to seven. The off-season roster limit was raised from 80 to 90 players. So, it's 45 to 40. Uh, it's 46 players. That's your roster.
0: Forty-six NBA, NFL. Yes. So you've made at least 20 coaches because every single squad has their own coach. Special team, wide receiver, defensive. There's no second base and shortstop coach uh, travels with the team. Maybe they have too many coaches.
1: Now I'm trying to see if uh, if that's an update because the Bleacher Report and I let me see the date of the Bleacher Report. Um, well, this is May 16th. The, and it's the I'm gonna not we're gonna read the article in the air, but it's, the title is "The Anatomy of a 53-Man Roster in the NFL." So maybe it's been bumped up to 53.
0: Well, you know who hasn't been bumped up? Tell bumped me. Bumped off. Canada's own. What? Anne Marie. Just sit back and relax, enjoy the dulcet tones of the Snowbird. we're up on an hour, yet.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm not home. Got to walk the dogs. Got to get well, out If you don't how to do
0: it, I'll show you how to walk the dogs. <laughs> God damn, Ann Marie had a beautiful voice, didn't and she? She did. Here she's a loving man?
1: That's nice to know. Young, Want to see you next week? There is nothing.
0: <laughs> it's
1: Take it easy to see
0: Snowbird, the old <laughs> tribute band.
1: Look, here's, here's the bottom line. Who <laughs> <laughs> I really care about? I don't care if I never see another f- sporting event in person or watch it on TV, but I need to see my best Be- Beatle tribute band Rain come May. Uh, yeah. Focus. i sure that I'm at Ruth Hall on May 8th and the Van Riesel on May the 9th, 2021.
0: Man, you're doing the double dip, aren't you? Double dip. Are they going down South Miami, too? No. Damn it. All right, Jake. Well, happy birthday, buddy.
1: Happy, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I love you. It was Anna. a nice, uh, nice get- podcast. No
0: politics, no nothing. Nothing. And it ended, ended with it the saltered the, the sounds of Ann Murray, for Christ's sake. And
1: we'll try to get again, uh, another pod can, uh, podcast in before next Thursday's opening NFL season. I can assure you. Between the uh, Texans and the Chiefs. Oh, wow. That's next Thursday? Oh. Next Thursday. Oh. I thought it was like a month away. No.
0: Ship They better get it. i Get a handle on things. I'll tell you what, the 60,000 fans not going to be in the Superdome, boy, that helps the Buccaneers. They're running smack up there in, in uh, New Orleans. New sheriffs in town. I, I'm going to go ahead and call my shot now. They're going to lay the smack down on it. But you hit it on the head, Jake. It's going to be preseason, real season, in front of our faces. Dude. Absolutely. It's training on the fly. All right. For Jake Jacobson, I'm Ozzie the Sports Junkie. See you next time on the Board Podcast. Right here on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, a pigeon's leg, Smoke Signals, wherever you find your podcast needs. See you next time.